Following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in the heart of Birmingham. A little bit wet today and we'll discover all about why it's so wet in a few minutes with our guest speaker, inshallah. But I hope, inshallah, you're all keeping well and that you're all looking forward to another show, another exciting show, inshallah, live in the studio. Um, my name is Kathleen Roach Nagy and this is Parenting Hour for the next hour, inshallah. If you'd like to ring in, we're on 0121-772-8892. We really would like you to get involved in this evening's chat. I always feel it's much better when um, we have calls in and it's much more interactive and I know my guest with me is very used to sitting at my side of the studio behind these buttons here <laughs> and interviewing people so it's nice to have you at the other side so Asalaamu Alaikum Sid welcome to the, my show Parenting Hour Walaikum Salaam um, it's, it's an honour to be on your show because I know you've been doing this for a long time and you've got some amazing shows that you're always running so it's great to be it's actually quite nice to be on the other end I feel like I'm I don't have anything to do here now <laughs> Because <laughs> I've got nothing to be uh, um, moving around. I know. You can come over here if you like <laughs> <laughs> and do both, indeed. Uh, but we'll only have the button. A lot of the buttons are only when callers come in. Mm. So, callers, we are waiting for your calls. We have two lines here open. Please call in. This is your opportunity to talk to Sid because when she does her own shows, she's very, very busy with callers and not always able to talk about herself. It's talking about the topic and the mm. guests, etc. But this evening, we want to concentrate on you a little bit and and what you're doing and why you're doing these shows um, and probably maybe some tips for parents coming up to the holidays mm. because holiday time is long, it's hard. Parents mm. think, what am I going to do with them? But there's lots they can do, lots there's of loads. projects, lots of things. Yeah, there's loads that uh, parents can be doing with their kids. Mm. And it should be a time where you're excited to be spending time with your kids, that they're off school and they're not going to be tired when they're at home and you've got that time to be spending as a family. So we'll give lots of tips in a, later on the show. Brilliant, wonderful. I did say I'd come back and talk about the rain because it's raining, as they mm. say, cats and dogs out there at the moment. It's really bad today. Really bad, really, really heavy. Yeah. And a few days ago, we had this ice rain they were talking about that was going to be like black ice that was coming. So, Did I miss that? Did you? Maybe. You did it Did it, it actually rain ice? It did. It rained a few days ago, mainly up north. We, I think we missed it in Birmingham. But it was raining. They were saying, they were given a forecast that um, to be careful because it it was going to land like ice and it was like going to be like black ice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so not hail, but actually ice. Like, yes. <laughs> and you could see it on drops of trees of icicles. Oh, wow. Of, of rain I think we did miss that in Birmingham. Yeah. We didn't have any of that in Birmingham, we did have, we? No, we didn't. No. I'm glad we missed it, though. <laughs> yes. I'm not a fan of ice. Alhamdulillah. Th- this time last year, it was pretty bad. Because mm. uh, I yeah. remember not being able to go anywhere for a week because everything was iced up. I don't know whether you remember. That's right. I remember but in November it. last year, it was really yeah. bad so we don't have it as bad at the moment it might be coming up in a couple of weeks time um, but yeah. they are saying we are going to get ice and snow soon right. um, yeah. so yeah the weather is really unpredictable in the UK at the moment mm. and why are we getting all this rain all of a sudden and why does it fall and, dr- and fall in ice sometimes and in nice fine rain other times and then mm. wet rain like today and other times? It, it depends on the weather mm. so um 
I think we've spoken about the water cycle on my uh, show at some point. Or if we haven't, we'll just do a quick review. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do have a lot of rain in the summer as well, and that's mm-hmm. more to do with humidity. When there's when the air is really warm, um, the uh, the water gets evaporated into the air. Um, so things like lakes and ponds. So if you're close to a lake and pond, you will um, get all of that evaporated up, um, and then it forms clouds. And then when that condenses, it will start to rain. Um, so it's that never-ending cycle now when it's cold like this um, it could come down as uh, ice or snow Mm -hmm. depending on the temperature that we have up Mm -hmm. in the clouds Um, but I don't I don't actually know why we have heavy rain like we've had today Mm -hmm. um, and why in some cases we have that in other cases we don't Mm -hmm. but I'm assuming because we're an island uh, and UK is an island Mm -hmm. that we we get a lot of water being carried from um, from from the oceans and it's been pushed onto mainland Mm -hmm. Um, so even though we're quite central we still seem to get quite a bit of rain mm. um, but then I guess we get we have a lot of canals in Birmingham as well mm-hmm. so there's lots of different ways that the water can form in, in the air and um, um, so I think it's a combination of all of those factors together and it's, there's lovely duas to do in the rain so we shouldn't actually be worried or not liking the rain because there's bounties there as well mm. we need rain for the growth mm. of the crops and everything else to continue like that so there's positives in, mm. in the weather it's not all negatives yeah alhamdulillah I can see your passion about it, even when you're talking about the rain, <laughs> how passionate you come across. So can you explain a little bit about your background to listeners? Because uh, I'm sure they're intrigued, like what I am, to find out yeah, you know, why sure. this young person in front of me, and I would call you a young person. I think I look so, younger than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so passionate about science, which I love. I love trying to get young people passionate about science like this and understanding science mm. and the miracles out there. Mm. Because there's so much in our Islam related to science, yeah, and, and everything's everything. really fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah. we just don't give it give enough thought to some of the things that are around us. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. um, so. I'm about finding what those things are that we take for granted, and actually getting kids to explore and be curious about the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back to my background, so I um, I studied physics and maths at A level mm-hmm. and art and textile so I was very creative mm-hmm. but I also liked the academic side of stuff and um, I, I went to a grammar school so I was very lucky to be able to um, have that kind of support structure and it was very academic um, and then when it came to deciding what to do at uni I wasn't quite sure mm-hmm. and because I loved the creativity, I loved photography I loved uh, doing art I loved my textiles projects but then I equally loved the maths and the physics because it got you to think and that logical nature to it I found really fascinating Um, and then it came down to if I did art at uni would I have the ability to continue with the maths and physics Mm -hmm. and the answer was probably not Mm -hmm. but if I did physics and maths at uni I could probably continue with the art and the photography in my spare time so I decided to do um, this is going to sound really scary now uh, a master's in theoretical physics and applied maths so I did a four year course Um, I wasn't even sure whether I'd last the first year but I loved it and and I ended up doing it for four years and then when I graduated from that um, I took a gap year 
Mm-hmm. I set up my business, which I'm still working on at the moment. Um, and then after that first year, I got headhunted for a teaching post. I didn't have any teaching qualifications mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and part of what I do in my business is also teaching. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let's give this a shot. And it was A-level teaching in a private college. So I did that for a few years. Loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, then I decided to uh, do my teacher training. I did that. I worked in a grammar school I worked in state I worked in independent so I've kind of seen it all Mm -hmm. and I taught physics and maths up to A level when I um, I was teaching Um, and then I realised also because I I was doing the business on the side and I and I was ready to let go of that Mm -hmm. if if the teaching post provided all the enjoyment and all the kind of excitement that I wanted um, in a career and unfortunately I wasn't finding that I was finding there was a lot of admin Mm-hmm. I was finding there were a lot of kids whose names I just I couldn't remember because I'd only see them once a week. Um, I, I at some points I was teaching three hundred ki- kids a week, wow. um, one hundred and fifty in one day, and you just don't have the capacity to be able to get to know the kids at all. Mm-hmm. You don't know who they are. You, you're having to write reports and you feel guilty that you don't know who they are, mm-hmm. and um, and that's what teaching is. It's become so kind of it's like an industrial machine Mm -hmm. and you're chugging out lessons and um and I remember being told by my head of department that if the kids were having fun that I'm not doing my job properly oh um and it was a very old-fashioned way of teaching that he wanted me to teach and I realized this isn't what I want to do that wasn't me I wanted the kids to love learning and to remember the sessions and I wanted the the ability to be able to express myself and to to not be so rigid to follow the curriculum um, and it was all about targets and being target driven mm-hmm. kids were given labels of they predicted a C they predicted a B and they weren't pushed anymore so there was lots of issues that I faced while I was teaching which I felt didn't fit in with my values and the way that I wanted to um, to get kids enjoying learning um, so I decided to take a plunge mm-hmm. and leave I work on the business full time. Hmm. So that kind of gives you a summary of um, how I got to where I am wow. today. <laughs> well done. Well, that's a journey already in your young yeah. life. Which and I, and I learned loads along the mm-hmm. way. And, and I think I wouldn't change the experiences that I've had because yeah. all of that has made me who I am today. Um, and all the teaching experience. Um, I love that I had the experience to do that because yeah. I wouldn't have that insight if I hadn't. And Allah puts opportunities in front of you and different things. And I'm sure our listeners will be uh, used to this also, that sometimes we think we're going one way and Allah will open another path for us. Or sometimes, like, you had both the creative and the science background. And I remember, actually, when you were saying that, I was thinking about myself, where I was loved the creative background as well. Mm. And my older sister was actually an art teacher. um, And I did better than her in my Leaving Cert and loved that but, but I yeah. also loved the medicine, the biology and the science and wanted to do nursing. And that side got me into nursing. I went and did nursing, alhamdulillah. But then later, when there was a recession in Ireland and we had no jobs there, um, there was opportunities that came up for, for going abroad. And Egypt was one of them. Mm. And it was because of the art bit that brought me out there because I yeah. wanted to see the Valley of the Kings and the Queens and all the art that I had learned that attracted me to that. So yeah. you, we don't know what way Allah has our paths yeah. re- arranged for us to bring us to where we are yeah. today. So I have a lot of mentors which will say, 
right, so what's your plan for the next five years? And I'll be like, I'll see what, what the opportunities come and mm. uh, I'll, I'll see. Because I'll, I'm the type of person that will say yes to most opportunities because I want to see where they lead. Mm. And it's amazing what kind of comes out of a conversation that you wouldn't think would lead anywhere and mm. uh, and doors open and if you're willing to give things a shot then um, it's exciting mm-hmm. where the path's going to lead so I'm pretty open to seeing where the world takes me and and I say world I've only just got a passport so we'll see <laughs> we'll see inshallah we'll, <laughs> we'll just got, mashallah. yeah last then month have you travelled anywhere outside UK then? no no not yet <laughs> Okay, Islands on the, on the list. Oh, good. Well, you've you've probably been there with your your science mind on because I know you're up and down to planets and you're doing I lots know. about. It feels like it, for a long time it felt like everything was in Birmingham because mm-hmm. I w- I got everything I needed from the research I was doing and be, and looking at different topics and that kept me going for so long. But now mm-hmm. I I am curious about the world. I do want to mm-hmm. travel, so we'll see where it goes. Inshallah. Great, great. How could you? get this message across to young people about science and the love of science I mean you've been on this journey and you can see your passion has come out and your passion mm. how can we our parents listening into this they might be driving home today thinking no the holidays in front and things like that and maybe I have a couple of days over Christmas I could actually do something or in that time or even longer how can you initiate that love of science, the love mm. of experiments, the love of knowing knowledge, that is not hard to do. I mean, you, you took something out of your bag before the show sta- started I and that was lovely. I mean, we <laughs> can explain about that. And it was intriguing. Yeah. And it, it engages children and young people. How can we do that better? I think it's just about asking questions. We live in a society where, uh, as adults, we're kind of... Uh, told not to ask too many questions we're afraid to ask questions we're embarrassed to ask questions we're embarrassed to admit we don't know Mm. and I think that's where we're failing as a society we're kind of expected not to ask and we're expected to just adults kind of know everything right Mm. and uh, kids are made to believe that adults know everything and I think the first thing is accepting that we don't know everything Mm -hmm. and to ask those questions that we've Mm -hmm. forgotten to ask as kids we were quite open to ask those questions Mm -hmm. but as we go through the education system uh, it it really does kill our creativity mm. um, and I did a I did a speech in town about this in front of a large audience of a hundred um, and we talked about the journey of creativity and how as a as a five-year-old you're so intrigued about the world you want to ask about what's out there and where how far the stars are what the space smell like and all of these big questions and then as you go through the education system it becomes less about the learning and more about competing with the rest of your peers, getting those top marks, getting that A, Mm -hmm. getting that grade at GCSE. It becomes less about the actual learning, Mm -hmm. more about passing that test. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. as you go through the education system, it's more and more and more about the testing. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to A-level in university, it's killed your creativity, it's killed your passion for learning. Mm -hmm. And um, when I finished uni, I realised how little I actually knew when I went into teaching I realized how little I actually knew I'd gone through this education system for the whole period of my life and Mm. and when and suddenly when I came to planning lessons I was like I actually don't understand this concept Mm. I just knew the answers to pass the test I didn't actually understand the concept Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to relearn a lot of Mm -hmm. things Um, and it made me realize that even though I've got a degree in physics I don't actually understand what I learned and most of what I learned I'd forgotten really quickly because it was just for the test Um, so I do feel like I wasted a lot of my education 
because the focus was on the testing. I did well. I got brilliant mm-hmm. grades, but has that done me any favors? Mm-hmm. And um that's what the one thing that I want to make sure that the next generation don't lose out on mm. because the learning it's amazing mm-hmm. when you learn something you fully understand it it opens your eyes to mm. um, other things as well so for parents it's about not being afraid to ask questions even if you don't know the answer mm-hmm. like um, when we were doing the periodic table workshop um, last term I turned to one of my staff and I said what elements is wood made out of mm-hmm. Because I'd never thought of it before. Because mm-hmm. wood isn't in an element. So I was like, what's that made up of? Because we have so much wood around us, like the trees and tables and everything that we kind of see. A lot of items are made out of wood. What element is in that? Like, what elements are in there? And uh, we sat down and we did some research. And I was just fascinating. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, we have to implement this in the session now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just things like that. There's little little questions like that can lead into a whole topic. Mm-hmm. And then when you do some more research, you'll lead into a different question. Mm-hmm. And it's never-ending. And if you can spark that in your child, um, you're going to create something in in their mind which is going to be um, just amazing because they won't be able to you won't be able to control it because they'll keep asking questions and their learning will increase and their love for learning will increase mm. and it's getting that initial spark. Um, and the kids that have been with us for a few years now, they just blow my mind away with the type of questions that they ask and Mm. it's like how did you even come up with that um and then the solutions that they come up with and their reasoning behind it um yeah i i can't ever imagine my imagination being that amazing um and it's just kind of um giving them that ability and that safety net to be able to express themselves and then harnessing that and building a structure around them where they feel safe to kind of explore and not be afraid to ask questions because that's the one thing I learned at mm-hmm. teaching, especially six formers. Kids were very shy in admitting that they didn't know. They would rather knowingly like give me an answer and say it's right, knowing that it's wrong, yeah. and kind of be so convinced that it's right that it would make my me. I would doubt yeah. myself. I'd be like, hang on, let me just double check. Mm-hmm. Um, they would not. They did not like to admit that they were wrong. Oh. So is that, I wonder, a, a generational change there that they're trying to, are they, are, are they trying to please? I think so. Yeah. I, I do think, um, and it's also, to, we do a lot of work in mindset as well with, mm. uh, with parents and kids. And schools, even though they have a whole agenda around growth mindset and training teachers and, and kids into that, um, the whole structure, the whole system, the way it's set up, it's a very fixed mindset mentality where it's about the grades, it's about the end result, it's not about the journey. Mm-hmm. So growth mindset is more about um, knowing that if you're finding something challenging, it's when you're actually growing. Mm-hmm. And to not say no to a challenge because that's where the real learning happens. Mm-hmm. And most kids think if they get stuck, that means they're not intelligent. So mm-hmm. if they've been told, you're very smart. You're very bright at maths. Mm -hmm. And then they come across a question and they're struggling with it. They don't want to admit that they can't do it. Mm. Because then that will make their teacher say, "Mm, you're not as smart as I thought you were. (laughs) So it's just those simple words that you can use at home as well. So not actually encouraging, not not praising um, intelligence, but praising um, effort. Mm. So the effort that someone puts into um, a question or even the effort that they put into finding the answer to Mm. a question that they've come up with. Mm -hmm. um, If you praise that, a child will always then feel safe to explore 
um, and, and fail because mm-hmm. failure is part of learning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're always getting it right, you're not actually learning anything yeah. new. Yeah, that is so true. And we do a lot of that in our parenting courses about um, getting parents to understand the good things that children are doing and the different types of way they can praise children, yeah. as you're saying. And, and it's very to important. build their character. Yes, very, very important there because they are doing so many kind things as well as maybe educational things but things kind looking after each other or sharing or playing together they're doing so much of that that parents often overlook uh, and again this is helping building character of the child so yeah the there is really important yeah and they overlook that and then they'll focus on the negatives yes they do um and it, it's fine to actually pick out the negatives but you also have to equally kind of praise a child when they're doing something right mm. and we often like you said mm. we overlook that it's so easy to do so so easy to do so it's getting that praise that effort in there and making it a little bit exciting for them so sometimes i find too that parents when they're introducing a topic or something and they may have the best effort or will in the world to do something over a holidays but they themselves either they're tired or they're not excited by it yeah and they okay we have to do this and it's kind of looking really sad and <laughs> they're like ticking the box you know i just because when when your dad comes home i'll say we we did this or just mm. in themselves thinking we've done this rather than having that excitement and enthusiasm that. there that, yeah i think you can't teach something that you're not excited about mm. yourself Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that is really hard to, because I've got staff, and it's really hard to teach that. Mm-hmm. Like it's you have to find staff that are equally excited about the things that I get excited about. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you can't actually, um, you can't teach that. Mm-hmm. You need to have a passion in what you're doing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there's a point of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think find, uh, if as a parent you're looking for topics that will excite your child, find something that will excite you first. Because if you're excited, your kid's going to get excited naturally. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. We've mm-hmm. done things like, like, we'll talk about poo, we've talked about um, planets, we, we do periodic table. Like Anything, you can pick anything. You can pick like... a a little bit of grass and say right we're going to learn about grass today let's see how exciting grass is mm. and like I read somewhere that when you're cutting grass you know the grass smell that you get yes I love it um, apparently that's uh, the plant's way of saying I'm in danger really? so it's alerting other grass in the area that they're being oh. damaged oh dear they I guess that's one way of interpreting it you just it. ruined my nice smell now because <laughs> I love the smell of freshly cut grass mm. yeah. but it's interesting like that's that in itself can like start up an entire conversation yeah. you can yeah. give characters to a grass you can create a storyline mm-hmm. you could go crazy with that yeah. and you could yeah be amazing what you could do with just talking about grass imagine so that could be the whole topic listeners over your christmas holidays there's a subject grass well, we probably have a rain pan- rain we probably have a bit of grass outside in, in the garden a small patch or rain or even we could get a pot and ha- plant some grass seeds in it yeah. to, to, looking at grass and what we need to do to grow it i used to grow um, pea seeds with my children a lot when they were very young and mm. i loved to teach them these things as well as other things when they were very very young indeed only maybe three and four 
and still it, it's a really lovely and interactive mm. uh, thing to do, an experiment to do. So trying to get enthusiasts by that. We're going into commercial break. We're to counting down on the last few seconds. So listeners, if you're tuned in and you haven't um, managed to phone us, which you haven't, we haven't had any calls, <laughs> do so after the break on 0121 and tune into our programme here with Sid talking about science and what Oh, 